This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. You're season two. To kick off the high school boys season here in Texas, our guest today is David Peavy. Coach Peavy is the boys head coach at the Duncanville High School in Duncanville, Texas. We talked to him today about telling players the truth, the relationship between AAU coaches and high school coaches, his powerful experience in coaching both of his sons, and that we should be preparing players for the future. Hope you enjoy this podcast and you let's get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on, Coach. I know you're a busy guy. I know you got a lot of things going on, getting ready for the season. And uh, so, yeah, just for you to take some time, make some time to be on. Really do appreciate it. So, uh, Coach, I'm going to start off like I do every podcast in that. How were you introduced to the game of basketball? Man, you know, growing up, I was not a fan of uh, of basketball. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was going to be a football star, yeah. and, um, and and really didn't. You know, my brother played when we were when we were young, and uh, you know, I just thought he was weird. I thought he was weird <laughs> for, for for playing basketball. Yeah. And uh, you know, my dad was in the military, and he got. Uh, stationed in Italy um, and while he was in Italy um, something happened to the basketball coach at his base and um, somebody asked him to be the coach and he wow. started coaching him and uh, then when he came back from Italy uh, he was stationed at Dias Air Force Base and when my brother and I went to go stay with him for the summer uh, I was introduced to, to basketball coaching. You know, yes. I had no idea. And uh, I was 11 um, or 10 or 11, 10 or 11. And, you know, that whole summer we spent uh, going to his games and being in his locker room. And, uh, man, I just I fell in love. I fell in love with it. And, and I fell in love with, with coaching basketball before I really even started playing basketball. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting because that's uh... – you hear about the player that has the father as a coach, and it's there's always kind of that separation, and then not till later on do they figure out. Man, I should probably go into this. Uh, right. My days are right. my day playing days are over. Uh, so now, what else can I do within the sport? And it's in my blood or my DNA, however you want to put it. But yeah, yeah. that's it's really peculiar that that you would uh, be attracted to the game as a coach before a player. That's awesome, man. Really, really good stuff. Those seeds were planted yeah. early, then. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and uh, and then it just took off from there, man. Fantastic, uh, so so rare. Good to hear, though. Uh, so, coach, I would ask you about your playing experience because uh, you know we talked to a lot of different people, and yeah, they were great players in college, high school, whatever, but. How did you view the you view your experience as a player? You know, how, how did you see all that? You know, transpire. Um, I mean, I was I was excuse me, I was very very lucky as a player, uh, as a, as a kid that knew that he wanted to grow up and be a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some really really good basketball coaches growing up. Um, you know, I grew. Uh, you know, I grew up over by John Jay yeah. in San Antonio on yeah. the northwest side. Yeah. And then uh, when I when I got to be about when I went to into the fifth grade, my mom moved us to uh, to the Alamo Heights area, mm-hmm. and uh, so I ended up going to middle school at, uh, at Alamo Heights. And in my seventh grade year, I played for Denver. Uh, seventh grade coach, an unbelievable coach, and ended up uh, becoming a really big time uh, girls coach in San Antonio. Uh, he was at I think Churchill and uh, in Alamo Heights as a girls coach, and uh, and in my eighth grade year, I played for Randy Schuster. Wow. Who uh, who ended up being a big time basketball coach? And, yeah. uh you know he was at uh, Randolph and then Churchill, yeah. uh, and then 
high school and playing for a legend yeah. uh, like Charlie Boggess, you know. So I was just really coached, you know, by by some some high level uh, basketball coaches growing up. And then, uh, you know, of course, we had a lot of success at Oliver Heights. Uh, lost the state championship my year. Uh, and, and, you know, my sophomore junior year, we lost at regional finals. So we, we had a whole lot of success. And then uh, leaving high school, I didn't know I was going to play college basketball. You know, I was just going to go to UTSA and uh, just, to, just to be a student. And I started uh, playing pickup games with uh, – with a lot of the players, and before I knew it, you know, coach gave me a call and asked if I want to walk on. So I walked on at UTSA for my freshman year. And uh, once I became a college basketball player, my freshman year, I forgot about being a student. Wow. And uh, yeah, never, never went to class ever <laughs> my freshman year once, once I got on the team. And uh, so I had to leave after my freshman year. And uh, went to a junior college in, in California and did well, and uh, and then became a student. Became a student again and, and really started liking uh, school. Yeah. Um, and, and then after that, I, I finished up playing basketball for Danny Casper at Incarnate Word. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I I grew up <clears throat> my whole. My whole playing career was, you know, I played under some really, really good coaches, yeah. really good coaches. So, I mean, I I picked up a lot of things uh, to, to help me do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You, you, you named three on the, on the on the men's side that I'm very well acquainted with, with Coach Schuster, Coach Boggess, then Danny Casper. I mean, here, yeah. in, here in Texas, here in San Antonio in particular, those names – carry some weight when you talk about coaches, their love for the game, their love to teach the game. That's really right. what it was. They were, they, were, they were molding young men into men and then teaching them the game to play the right way because those coaches coached the right way to play the right way. And some people say, well, there's no right way. Well, with, when you're here in San Antonio and you know the demographics and the dynamics of how young people grow up here, they're teaching them the right way. You know, it, it's just no it is no so, it's fantastic. And then I was. I just find it really interesting how you talked about, you know, that freshman year kind of being a, a wash, but also a wake up call, because then you go on to get your your bachelor's and you know phys ed teaching and coaching, and then you go even further to get your master's in education of all things. So right, like, right. so sometimes I think if we coaches listening, if you have that one kid there, or that one player that you think you just don't get it, there there could be something there. You don't ever give up on anybody because it's just not um, not worth it. No, no question. I mean, that that is what I sell to my players all the time. You know, and I do what I do because of what basketball has done for me in my life. Yeah. So without basketball, I wouldn't have got a college degree. There's no yeah. way. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have coaches that stayed on me, uh, you know, and a lot of it was because you know, sure, I had to be eligible. <laughs> but, but you know, and it was, but but then you have coaches that care. You know, yeah. they just care about you, and, um, and and that's what I had. I had coaches that cared about me. So you know, that's a lot of what I do now. You know, it's, I, I try to use basketball because that's, that's what these kids love, mm -hmm. and 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 I try to preach to them about use basketball because it is going to use you. For sure, it is. You know, you know the the. the Fantastic. Yeah, no, this, the, I've, you know, all the years, 20-plus years of coaching high school boys, I always tell them the same thing. Use the game, don't let it use you, because you're right. That, you know, at some point the game's going to be over for you, and your yeah. your, your knees are going to be popping, your ankle's going to be popping first thing in the morning. You may not you may not feel too great at times because of what you gave the game, which is, which is all about passion and heart, blood, sweat, and tears, all that. But if you just walked away with some basketball memories, you kind of fell short of that whole goal. So that's great right. advice. Fantastic advice, Coach. Now, 
my next question was about who or what influenced you to go into coaching, but you kind of touched on that. And then you also mentioned some coaches that were in your life. Now, I want to kind of skip that and kind of go to, to your first experience as a coach. Do you have any memorable moments of that first year, that first experience as a coach where it was like, okay, I'm not a player anymore. I'm actually yeah. where I want to be. Any, anything in particular that sticks out to you? Uh, I got a couple, man. I got a couple. Um, you know, after I was up home, uh, I was actually working <clears throat> events, uh, special events for, for Danny Casper. Okay. You know, I was, uh, you know, if there was a volleyball tournament, uh, you know, I would, I would oversee the workers at, at the games and stuff like that. And, and he called me in his office and he said, hey, they're looking for a freshman coach over at St. Anthony High School. Mm. Wow. And uh, so I'm like, and he says, I know, you know, I, I think I had just started uh, getting getting my, or, you know, I think it might have been, I still needed a semester to graduate um, after I was done playing. So, uh, so I went over and uh, took the job over at St. Anthony High School. They couldn't pay me. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I wasn't on the payroll. Yeah. But uh, but I just needed some experience, and uh, the the at the time the varsity coach was the priest at the school, <laughs> and uh, he really didn't know basketball. Really yeah. didn't know basketball. So I coached the freshman, and I sat next to him. I was his assistant for the varsity games, and uh, you know during the games, you know he would just kind of sit there and super nice and the kids loved him but he didn't know basketball yeah. so I would say uh, hey tell him this tell, tell him this and he would say you know you tell him you tell him <laughs> so I, ba- I, you know, I basically ended up being the coach Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know I would ask him to tell him, call a timeout and you know he'd call a timeout and say you know he would just move out the way and I'd have to coach him yeah. so that was my first experience as a high school coach like jumped right into it um and then it was cool after the games, they would go over to the uh, concession stand and uh, pull, pull the money that they made that night, and that's they would pay me. I would wow. Yeah. And, and probably grab a bag of Skittles and stuff. So it was, <laughs> it was, that was fun, man. Wow. And then, uh, then I, uh, Sally Walling, who was the women's coach at Incarnate Word, her assistant that she had, um, he went home for Christmas and didn't come back. Mm, wow! So wow. she called, yeah. She called me and said, "Hey, I need an assistant right now." And so I left St. Anthony mid-season and I took over as her assistant uh, for the second semester. Wow! And uh, learned a lot. I mean, Sally Wallace, She was young. She was really young. But she gave me so much responsibility as a young kid. You know, I, I was just done playing college basketball, and I took over the defense. I was in charge of our strength conditioning, and I was the, the sole uh, recruiter. I was the only wow. one that got on the road and recruited. So, um, I mean, I learned a lot. I was there for that year and then another year before I went to uh, to be Charlie Box's assistant at Alabama Heights, and I was there for four years. Wow! But, uh, yeah, yeah. That is that that story with St. Anthony's, and, and I know about St. Anthony's really, really well. In yeah. that, that yeah, the archdiocese ain't gonna pay freshman coaches anything except some skittles, no. except some skittles and whatever, whatever that the concessions yeah. that. And hey, so, I was happy, man. I was happy. Right. Twenty-eight fifty <laughs> every night of the Yeah, probably, probably then you could get yourself a full tank of gas for five, seven bucks. Oh yeah. So you yeah. you were you were doing good, man. Sitting pretty now, like oh, yeah. yeah. So those are humble beginnings, really humble beginnings. That's St. Anthony's freshman coach. That's grassroots. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you yeah. get any more grassroots than that. It really, yeah. really, really, really is. And we talk about that all the time. And now looking kind of in hindsight, or looking forward now to where you're at. Big, big, big jump there. And I and I hope all coaches that are aspiring coaches that is as well can find their point of entry. And, and aren't too good for it. And there's no job too small, uh, definitely not nothing too big for anybody. We can all humble ourselves uh, to be able to get on that path because I think that's the hardest part for, for those who want to get into it is just taking that first step and, right. and, under, right. and understanding where your place uh, needs to be at the time, not where you want it to be just yet, but where it needs to be. So 
Good stuff, Coach. I appreciate that story. Now, I want to ask you about your prior your prior experiences in coaching and how they prepared you for where you're at now at Duncanville, which is a premier program in this country, not just in the state of Texas, where, where we yeah. both live, but uh, a premier program. It's some, a program that a lot of coaches aspire to kind of uh, emulate. Uh, yeah. what, how did your, your prior coaching experiences help you now, you know, as far as how you run your program? Man, <clears throat> I went around life. Uh, you know, I was there for four years as, as Charlie Boggs' assistant and learned, I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. And uh, I, after, you know, that four-year year was like, man, I could stay at Alabama forever. You yeah. know, that's just a place you can get comfortable and they treat you right. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's a good place to work. But it was one of those deals where, man, if I don't get out of here now, then I might stay here forever. Yeah. So uh, I just I just started getting out, man, and uh, you know that was before internet got big. So you know you're not emailing people; you, you you're going to drop off resumes and you're going to you know knock on doors. So I just spent a couple weeks doing that, and I landed at uh, at Gonzalez High School, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was it was you know Bruce Sounding. Had just took the the football job. It was his first. It was his first head coaching job, and you know once he got that, uh, you know we just clicked in an interview. Uh, we were the same age, just two young guys looking for that first opportunity, and he gave me mine at, at Gonzalez High School, and it was an unbelievable first first job. Yeah, um, you know I walked in the door. You know, they, they just, they love basketball. The whole town shuts down uh, on, you know, for Friday night football and, and during basketball, it, it's just nuts. You know, it's nuts. And I we had a, our own TV, I mean, not TV, a uh, radio show. Um, wow. I mean, it was big time. It was yeah. big time for, for a, a little 3A. Yeah. But, um, and then uh, we had nice facilities. But most importantly, I had some really good players. Yeah. You know, I had a six nine, six nine kid that could really, really play. Daryl Dora who ended up playing for Bobby Knight at Texas Tech. Wow! And then I had a six three, super freakish athlete uh, who ran my point, um, Danny Armelin. So I had two kids that could just flat out go. Yeah. Um, and so we won a lot of games, and we ended up losing in the regional finals. Um, should have won, should have won, but, you know, ball didn't bounce, bounce our way, lost by a point or two um, to go to state. And um, so I was there for two years. And then uh, uh, one of my players, his dad was – big in the UIL mm-hmm. and knew a lot of people and uh, he knew I needed to get out of Gonzalez. He, he knew I needed something bigger and uh, you know, he, he linked me up with the superintendent from Fort Bend mm-hmm. ISD and uh, they had some job openings there and as a young young dude, I ended up getting one of the best high school jobs in the state at yeah. that time was Hightower. Whoa. So I went from Gonzalez to Hightower yeah. and uh, had dudes, had some real dudes, mm-hmm. um, and ended up ended up getting DJ Augustine after wow. uh, the hurricane hit New Orleans. Yeah. He ended up on, on, my, on my porch, and uh, so we, we had a lot of success in the two years I was there, uh, won a lot of games, and then... Uh, and then I went in, and I was Danny Casper's assistant at Steve Depp Austin for a year. Um, and then left there and went to Aikens High School in Austin, which had been the doormat of of basketball in Central Texas. Mm. I mean, they were bad. They were yeah. really bad. But uh, <clears throat> but but while I was at Stephen F. Austin, I, I met some people in uh, in Austin. That I that I you know that I trusted you know through through basketball and one of the guys said man this this could be a really good job like you know they got talent out that way uh, you just got to go get it and keep it and 
And it could be a job. It's a, I was like, man, it's a bad job as far as they haven't won anything. But if there's some young talent, man, maybe maybe I can go there and have some fun building a program. Yeah. And uh, exactly what I did. You know, went in there and uh, went and, and basically recruited two eighth graders that were supposed to be. They were in my in my zone, in my attendance zone, but they were getting ready to go to Bowie High School. Wow. So I went and sat down with them and their parents and convinced them to come come to Aikens, and it just, I mean, it jump-started the program. And those yeah. two get, you know, Yolanda Moore ended up uh, going to Hartford and started every single college game except for senior night his, his freshman year. And, uh, and I had Malcolm Canada, who ended up being the starting point guard at Auburn. Wow. So I had two Division One point guards in my backcourt for four years. Um, and then I had some other dudes, some other yeah. dudes that were really, really good high school players. So we won a lot of games at, at Aikens. Um, and actually, my last five years at Aikens, I was uh, also the athletic director. Wow. So, yeah, yeah I was one of the, the only uh, at that level, at 5A, 6A, was one of like two uh head basketball coach that was also the athletic director. Yeah. So, so usually the football so that, coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, my, my, my principal was was Canadian. Mm, wow. And he didn't understand that. You know, he, <laughs> when he called me in and asked me to be the A D, I know. Like you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and uh I said, man, it, you know, you could end my career by, by, by making this move, but uh but it was a great move. Uh it was it was awesome. It was awesome, and then uh, after being there for uh, eight years, um, I took a, I took the Decaney job in Houston. Yeah. Yep. And uh, took DJ, my son, with me. You know, he played at Steel High School his freshman year, mm -hmm. and uh, you know when, when I got the job in Houston, he uh, he wanted to come. So uh, I mean, I went there and. I had some really good teams, was there for three years, and that second year, Micah came. Yeah. So, Micah played for me at Decaney his freshman and sophomore year. DJ played his sophomore, junior, and senior year for me at Decaney. And then uh, once DJ graduated, the uh, the Duncanville job, uh, it, it, it opened up, and, you know, they kind of they kind of asked me if I'd be interested in at first, man, I said no. I told him no. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was one of those deals where um, I had just asked my ex-wife to, to move to Houston so mm -hmm. so my sons could play for me. And, and you know, we were just asking her to, to make another move to go to yeah. Dallas. Yeah. And uh, it was just, you know, I didn't think it was it was the right thing. And, and then when I got her blessing and Michael wanted to go, I, I pursued it. And, and luckily, man, I'm glad they gave me another chance at it because man, it is just the, the best job in the world. Yeah. No, man. So, I, yeah. You know, for years, uh, I looked at Duncanville and I said, that's what that's the kind of program I want. You know, Coach Chisholm, you know, when Coach Chisholm was there. Right, kind of right. everybody revered him. He, he, you know, he wasn't a big dude in stature, but man, he walked he walked up to you, and you were like, "Okay, this guy yeah. knows who he is." Got that towel, crazy. Yeah, yeah. When, when I tell people about this job, man, it's like I had a good job. I had a good yeah. job at the Kentucky. Yeah, as far as we we had talent, we, yeah. we you know we, we we had things rolling, and it was one of those where you sit around and you're like, man. If I could just get a job where I didn't have to teach and it paid a whole lot of money, yeah. and you had uh, uh, resources and facilities yeah. and and support, and that, and then then you get Duncanville, and it's like, wait a minute, that's everything I've ever wanted, wow. and some, wow. and some, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's a really really good, I mean, good situation. Yeah. I know, I mean, I, I'm blessed. I know how good I have it. Um, you know, I've got five coaches in the gym with me every day. Wow. Um, none of my coaches coach football. Um, you know, we just, we have seven gyms. I mean, we get, it's, it's 
it's it's just different, man. It's yeah, different. It's another level. Yeah. It's another level. Yeah, it's another level, yeah. and 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 we got players. That yeah, we yeah. got really good players. I, I'm I'm proud to say one thing as far as in, as it relates to Duncanville's program. Uh, one of my signature wins as a high school coach was against them in a in a tournament at Austin Anderson back in fifteen sixteen. We, okay, uh, we okay. got yeah we knocked them off uh, by six points I believe it was, and man right. that that win was so huge. The way the and I'm a, I'm not gonna put him on blast by name, but the tournament director, which was the head coach, he had he had a, a game in between that game and our next game, so we had an hour and a half to wait. We went. I think yeah. we went into overtime. We went into overtime with Duncanville, beat them by six. We yeah. have an hour and a half, or we've less than that, and then we had to play uh, Kingwood right after that. I'm like, come on now, how are you gonna? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It's a gauntlet, man. But you know, and then we wound up losing that game by like four, three or four points. I'm thinking, man, that we won both games, we'd have been on ESPN or something. But, yeah, for real. But that's my claim to fame as a high school coach. I got Duncanville one year, and the, the, I was one for one. The year I got to play them, I beat them. And so that that's that that's just shows you how uh, I don't know how storied that program is, and the things you're talking about, uh, all these uh, I want to say amenities and perks of the job. But yeah, it is that. It's what every coach at that level for sure is looking for. And you said it yourself. That's what you were, you know, looking for and you got it, man. And so that's fantastic, man. Uh, you know, always glad to hear. I, I'm always glad when I hear about other coaches, you know, kind of getting what they wanted, you know, it's, it's rare in life that we get exactly what we want in our careers, especially as coaches. But when you do, you really have to have joy for other people because that's, uh, you, you hope it happens to you one day. So that's, that's great, man. Now, I want to ask you about leadership, man, because I know in that program and in the programs that you've led, you've, you've won and you've produced here again, like you're talking about some great players, but also uh, good character kids for the most part. So I want to ask you, Coach, what are some of the leadership principles that you model for your players? Man, I would say that the thing that we do the best is tell the truth. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it it, uh, it has really been. We are truth tellers. We're, we're truth tellers. Yeah. Um, we uh, we 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 have great relationships with our kids. You know, we take care of them as far as man. We we they know they know we love them. They know we love them. We take care of them. We treat them with respect. Um, and that allows us to really be able to coach them hard. We get to coach them real hard, but. We tell the truth. There is no sugarcoating. Um, now we're not out there trying to hurt feelings, and and we're not we're not telling the truth and, and being disrespectful. Um, and, and and sometimes we we cross the line, and, uh, and and you know, and like I tell my guys, if I cross the line in front of everybody, I'm going to come back the next day and I'm going to apologize in front of everybody. Yeah, you know, I I don't, I don't believe in. You know, do you know, doing a kid wrong and in, in, in front of everybody, and then calling them in the office and and apologizing. And you know, no, nah, if I do it in front of everybody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologize in front of everybody. And, and you know, I think that goes a long way. They know, like, man, we make mistakes. Um, y'all make mistakes, and and we're not gonna kill you for it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna teach you through your mistakes, just like you know, we're gonna teach you through our mistakes as well. situation uh he wants to be a welder he wants to be a welder nice. so 
you know, our, our kids know, man, you, you give us everything you have, we're going to give you everything. And we're going to, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to carry you through. And, and, and then they know, man, you always have a place, always have a place in our program. Yeah. Um, if you make it all the way through, cause it's hard, it's really hard. But, uh, that's what we try to do, man. And and then we model, we teach them what it means to be a leader. And then, and then, and then we go a step beyond that because realistically, not everybody is a leader. Correct. So, so we we teach them, man. Either you're going to lead, or you're going to learn how to be a really good follower. Yeah. Um. Because because that. That's a negative term when you know oh, you're a follower. Yeah. Nah, you know, being a good follower means you know the right people to follow. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how to accept leadership. You know, because that's not not everybody's built like that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we we try to identify who the leaders are, and we we teach them what it means to be a leader, and then the, the rest we teach you how to be really good followers, and then we just believe that. Uh, that will carry you through life. You will be successful if you're good at at one of those two things. You know, yeah. if you know how to lead, you're going to be successful in life. And if you know how to follow leadership, the right leadership, you're going to have some, some success in life. Yeah. So, um, that's great. You know, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, we try. Now, you, do you have to teach young people this? Because, you know, I've kind of adopted this saying and then some of my Twitter thing and, you know, you put... I didn't start doing that until I saw somebody putting some things up on their, they have their name and they put a little saying. I was like, you know, I'm going to try that. See what happens. See how that hits, right? And so yeah. I put, I lead because I followed. And it's the truth. Like, right. I I had to first learn how to be under authority before I had any authority. And then in that, I was empowered to understand whoever I ever had authority over, in a sense, whoever I was leading I could not just sympathize with them, but empathize with them and therefore lead them correctly because I know how I'd want to be treated. So yeah, though, though teaching, teaching young people how to be good followers, that's huge because that's, uh, that's definitely, like you said, a successful uh, characteristic. So I'm glad you, you brought that up because I, my, my experience with young people has always been, and it's probably similar to yours. Every Every lesson, every teachable moment counts because you just never know which one's going to pop up in their head later on in life when they really need it. You just, they just, yeah. you just never know. You know. They'll call you back 10 years later. Hey, coach, I remember when you said this. You'll never even remember that you said it sometimes. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It sounds like me. You know, sounds wise. Yeah. That was me. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No doubt. No so, doubt. So good stuff, man. So I want to ask you, coach. If you were not coaching the the premier team in Texas, if you will, uh, what would you be doing right now? Man, that in all honesty, man, I I just I can't even think about doing anything but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, really, man, I, I had contemplated about getting out of coaching um, a couple years ago. And I didn't know how I was going to make money doing it, <laughs> but, but I really wanted to, to start my own business, trying to bridge the gap between okay. AU coaches and high school coaches. Nice. And uh, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but, but when I was thinking about it, I, I just, I just felt like, man, um, we could be serving these kids a lot better mm-hmm. if our relationships were better For sure. um, between the two. Um, because we all have value. I mean, we all love, we all love these kids. We all want what's best for these kids. But, you know, too many times the adults get in the way mm. and, uh, and we just we don't do a good enough job working together to, uh, to help more of our guys. Wow. You know, you're saying you're you're speaking a lot of truth, like you said. You're a truth teller. Um, the the truth of the matter, like all my years of coaching high school ball, uh, you know, prior to that, I, I did run a little bit. I wouldn't even know if I called an AAU team, but uh, an AAU team, if you will, a club team, and uh, right. you know, had some of the be- better players here in San Antonio, and 
just, you know, just went out there and had fun. And it was all built around my, my baby brother because he was uh-huh. he was coming up. And so I was like, all right, I want to build a team around him. Not necessarily around him, but for him to be playing at a high level, you know, for where he was at. And it all worked out and went great. And then when I got to, to coaching full-time at the high school level where it was actually a job, then it was like my mind shifted, but my uh, my methods and my operational uh, methods didn't change because I could still see an AU coach was coming around and trying to, you know, hey, uh, let me talk to your, to your player here. I understood what they were doing. I, did, I didn't feel threatened. I didn't feel right. like you're, right. try, you're trying to win their loyalty. I thought to myself, the more the merrier. If you have connections, please help them. If you don't, leave them alone. If you cannot, right. if you cannot help them, stay away. If it's about making a name for yourself, I kind of get that. But at the same time, you better make a name for them if they're gonna, you know, be in your program. So I think, I think that's where coaches sometimes they have to break out of uh, that old school mindset. And there's nothing wrong with being old school. Believe me, I'm very old school when it comes to my family and everything. Like I'm very old school, but. When it comes to the game, when it comes to kids and how they evolve over time, uh, you really have to be have their best interests in mind. And any coaches listening right. out there that's, that have been apprehensive or resistant to the AAU coach, you're you're missing it. You're missing it because if that coach is is is, is got the connections and they know people you don't know, wouldn't that right. be great to give that opportunity to that young person? And uh, no question. Because there's too yeah. many, there's too many coaches that talk the talk, but at the end of the day, they don't know anybody. It's unfortunate. Right. It's really unfortunate, and and they're too prideful to admit that and get help from somebody that could help their players. But yeah, so that would that that I think that's still in your wheelhouse, coach. Somehow, some way. Yeah, it, it might be, man. It might be. Um, as much as I love what I'm doing, I mean, it's it's going to end someday. You know, it's going to end someday, and hopefully I, I still have enough energy where, you know, I can stay involved uh, somehow and, and, and get this thing started because, I mean, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I've done both, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the very few that have, you know, coached, coached high school basketball at the level. I, I'm, I'm coaching, coached AU. You know, I was with Howard Work for, for many years. And uh, and then I was a division one assistant. So I mean, yeah. I've lived all those different. I've worn all those different hats, and uh, I've got experience and, and, and understand that uh, I respect it all. You know, yeah. I respect it all, and I know the difference between being a high school coach and being an AU coach, and sure. and and know that neither one of them is wrong. You know, and I hear so many AAU coaches bashing high school coaches. I hear so many high school coaches bashing AAU coaches. And it's like, respect them for what they do and and understand it is different. It's There's two different jobs. There's two different worlds. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you're, 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 you're mad at them because they don't do what you do. Yeah. Um, and it's like, no, that's not what this is about. Yeah. That's not what this is about. So, you keep, yeah. You keep, I mean, you keep the main thing the main thing. And, and and you can't and you can't lose, man. Tell the truth. Keep the main thing the main thing, and what's yeah. best for the kid should transpire. So yeah, I hear you completely. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I know the politics of of basketball all throughout Texas. Like I know my people in Houston, my people in Dallas, the Metroplex here in San Antonio. It's not that huge, but there's politics here too. It's, it's everywhere. Oh no 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 no! There's huge yeah. politics in, in San Antonio, bro. It's just it's all different. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, it's like yeah. Houston, Houston is different than Dallas. Dallas is different. Sure. Than all. But, sure. but 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 nah, man. San Antonio is a lot of I man. Come on, man. I'm from San Antonio. I know, I know. And, and, I, and I and I, I as long as I the, the jobs I've had, you know, I'm the head coach at Duncanville High School. I was the head coach at at, at High Tower. And I've never been able to get a job in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> over 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 politics, and it's yeah. cool. Like, and and now that I'm where I'm where I need to be, I know that you know what I just didn't fit. Yeah, in San Antonio, I'm not yeah. mad, you know, anymore. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, you matured. You matured past that. Yeah, I got you. For sure, man. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Now, Coach, I want to ask you. Uh, you know, the dynamic of coaching, I remember coaching my brother through uh, his last couple years of high school. 
and that was such a joy for me because, you know, I kind of, from the time he was four to five years old, he's the reason I got into coaching in the first place. And so it was really a joy for me. Now, I want to ask you about you coaching your sons. How did coaching your sons impact the bond between you all? Oh, man. First, I wanted to say it was the most difficult thing I've ever done as a coach to coach my sons, but it was the most gratifying by far. Um, At first, man, it it took a toll on our relationship, took a huge toll on our relationship. But, But now... Um, man, I'm as close as I've ever thought I could be with, with my sons, you know, the, the, you know, DJ and Micah, um, because, you know, I, DJ was good. You know, he was good because he allowed me to act a fool. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was bad. I was bad. Um, I was way too hard on him. Um. And, 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 and it's tough, and this is what I try to tell parents. Um, when you go, when a parent goes to a game, they can be watching the game, but they don't miss anything their child does. Right. You know, they see every single thing their kid does. Yeah. Well, it doesn't change. You know, as much as I want, you know, I coach, and I can see the game is different, different than a fan, different than a normal parent. You know, I, I see 10 kids out there, and I can coach and, and coach around 10 kids. But at the same time, I don't miss anything my yeah, kid does. For sure. You know, any mistake. And the problem is I, I had to coach every mistake that he made. Um, you know, because as a coach, you don't want other parents thinking, oh, well, sure, he lets his kid get away with stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you got to point it out every time they, they do something. And it's not fair, yeah. you know, because it's like, man, you didn't say nothing to that other kid. You yeah, didn't yeah, say nothing yeah. to the other kid when he just messed up, you know. Um, I, luckily, I had a really good assistant who pulled me into the office and said, man, you got to stop. Mm. Like, you got to leave him alone. Jump yeah, off of yeah, him. Yeah. Like, you, it, it's to the point where these kids here, DJ, sorry. Yeah. You know, they think all they hear is DJ, DJ, you know, just every time he did anything wrong, I pointed it out. So they got to see it. Like, dang, DJ, yeah. all you do is make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it took a minute, and then he was just so tough, and and he's such a good leader and worked so hard that, you know, he just he just took it and, until, I, until I moved on, and then I got Micah. Yeah, yeah, and Micah was a completely different type of type of character. Yeah, I mean, Micah, you know, shoot, he was super talented, but uh, but I, I, you know, I had to coach him a little bit more because of you know the things that the way he plays and the things that he did. Yeah, but uh, but DJ helped me a lot with Micah, and uh, and then man, I had to learn once we get got to Duncanville. Um, I, I I learned to do stuff outside of basketball with yeah. Micah. Wow. Um, and I had never done that before. I, I mean, everything we had ever done from the time they were born revolved around basketball. Yeah. Um, we were always in the gym. We were always working out. We were always, you know, from the time they were born, I was already coaching. Yeah. And then they started playing. And, and I mean, I was coaching them in, in summer ball and helping out. So everything we ever did was basketball, and we never did any. I, I, I you know, and it, it just got real weird, you know, where uh, Micah, Micah started getting disrespectful on the court, Whoa. and I'm like, hold up, bro, like, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna disrespect me yeah. as your father. Yeah. And he kind of had to just tell me, well, shit, I ain't never had a father. Whoa, you know, you've been my coach. Yeah, yeah, man, he got Whoa. like truth telling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was like. So it was like, wait a minute, and then we we would take a night a week, man. Like we would just go, we would go catch a movie, we would go have dinner. We would get and no basketball talk, none. Wow. Um, and once we started doing that, then it was like, wow. I mean, I missed out. I missed out on so many years of being a father. Um, and and but then once we started doing that, then there was separation. Now I could be dad, and then I could be coach. Where you know I was, I was 
I was expecting my child to be able to separate, and I was never separated. Mm, wow. Um, so, yeah, and once we figured it out, you know, and, and, and that came from DJ, and DJ never got that. Yeah. You know, as, as long as I coached him, I just was coaching him, and, and I never, we never did anything outside of uh, outside of basketball. But but that came from him, you know, uh, of just you know giving me that advice, and and actually my ex wife giving me that advice, like, hey man, you got to start doing something else besides just being his coach. Yeah. And, uh, and now, man, um, I talk to him every day. Talk yeah. to both of them every day. They call, and you know we we talk about. Of course, we talk about basketball. You know uh-huh. they, they both they're both playing college basketball, so we talk about that. And, but then uh, we get to talk about some other things too that's yeah. going on in their lives. So, yeah, yeah. And, and and I and I know your boys. I don't know them like like the back of my hand or anything, but you know, having spent some time around them, uh, some of the AAU stuff that we're doing and those guys and all that, uh, very well mannered. Very respectful. Uh, you know, they came off as, you know, really self-aware. Uh, yeah. And just good kids, man. Like, it's, when you you see a, some kids like that, you say they come from good stock, you know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a term people want to use, but that's a term we use. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, right, good, right. They, they come from good people. They come from good DNA. And, and I'll tell you that, that you say all that that happened, you know, you couldn't from an onlooker's perspective. And I was paying attention because your boys are just, you know, that, that they stick out. They, they're, they're different. And so you did a great job with them either way. You couldn't tell that, 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 that was taking place. And so I, I appreciate your, your openness to talk about that and your vulnerability as well, because that's, that's, a, that's a strength to come uh, to those terms because I'm a, I'm a father of four, four young ladies and yeah. uh, man, you know, you talk about having to really figure things out, like really figure out where you're headed with your relationship with them. And that's something I, that's a process that I go through every day is just making sure I don't, I, I, I'm on my P's and Q's with my girls. Cause that's a, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a good work. Yeah. It's, it's God's work. It's good stuff. So, so, so coach, I want to ask you kind of about the job again, going back to the job and, Talk to us a little bit about handling those high expectations because where you're at, there are high expectations for the for the for the personnel that you have every year. You reload, you never rebuild, right. and 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 talk about some of those high expectations and the pressure that seemingly comes with that. Um, I mean, I mean, there's no question. I mean, uh, I was told by 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 the superintendent, and, and this is that's crazy, man. I, you know, when I got the job, uh, after I accepted the job, I sat down with the superintendent, and uh, I kind of freaked out. And we were an hour into our meeting, and I kind of started freaking out. And he was like, Coach, you okay? I said, man, listen, I've been coaching for over 20 years, and I have never sat down with the superintendent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and here we are for the third time. I'm meeting with you. You know, he was a, he, he he ran both interviews, and then we we met to talk about you know the job and the expectations and all that other good stuff. And and he basically just said, man, yeah, now you you, you start to figure out what this is. Yeah, it's like man, you got you got a really good job. Uh, I'm going to pay you really well, but uh, you're expected to win state championships. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and then, but then he backed it up and said, "But I will do everything I can to help you. Yeah, you know, I will support you. Uh, I will give you the things that you need, and and you, you know, you will never feel like uh, you don't have the support necessary to, to have success. Yeah. So yes, he has done everything he ever said he was going to do. Um, and." But but man, I thrive. I thrive off of this uh, this type of pressure. You know, nobody nobody can ever be a, as hard on me as I am on myself. And and I set the I set the bar really high. Set the bar really high. And uh, and we're good enough. You know, I've got good enough players that that we have a chance to win a state championship every year. So that's going to be the goal. Yeah. Um. 
So, so like right now, you know, our goal is to be the the, the, the best public school in the country. Yeah. Um, and and to be that. Um, and you know, we 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 talk about it all the time. That is not something we shy away from. Yeah. Our kids know what the expectations are, and that, and they know that's what we're working for, and they they have all embraced it. You know, they yeah. have all embraced. You know, we talk about it all the time, and what do we get? We have to win. That's it. We have to win state championships. And too much pressure for a kid? I, I, I don't think so. No. You know, my thing is like, you know what, man? We're going to do everything we can legally to do that. You know, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna take dirty shots at people. We're not you know, we're gonna do everything within the rules and we're gonna outwork you. We're gonna we're gonna just we got good players, you know, no doubt, and we're gonna develop them to, to get them better. And but my thing is, you know what, man, let's put everything out there and give it our best shot. And if and if we happen not to do it, then I I gotta believe that you're a better person for it. You're yeah. a better person yeah. for the journey that that, that and, and for what we prepared you for. Um, and I'm just a big believer in, in in habits. You know, I think we're creatures of habit. You are what your habits say that you are. And and the things that we do to become championship ready, um, we create habits necessary to be successful, not only in basketball but in but in life. Yeah. So I think we're preparing these kids for 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 life, and, and what we tell them is, it, you know, we we talk to our kids. You know, we, we make it we make it personal. We we talk to them about their individual goals. But, you know, every one of our kids, uh, we just believe if you're good enough to play for us at Douglasville, you're good enough to play college. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so beyond that, we talk to a lot of them about being pros. If you're good enough to play college basketball, there's a chance you can be a pro. So let's go ahead and train to be pros. And and if you do everything you can to be a pro and it doesn't work out to you, then you're probably a pretty good college basketball player. Yeah. And and then you have the habits necessary to be successful in life because the things you have to do to, to be a pro, the, the work ethic you have to have, the, the drive, the – then that's going to carry you to be successful in something else because, and, and I talked to a couple of kids, I think they're, they got a good chance of being pros. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you have an unbelievable career, then you get to play till you're 40. Yeah. You know, I'm 48. Wow. And, and, and I'm like, so your career, it will be over at 40 years old. Yeah. You got to be prepared to, to, for the hospital. You know, you got the rest. You got forty or fifty or sixty more years to live. What are you gonna do, yeah. and what are you gonna be prepared for? So, you know, we're 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 just you know we're big into to working and and creating habits necessary to be successful. Fantastic! You talk about the outcome, playing for a state championship, being the best public school team in America. You know, a lot of people say we don't. We want to focus on the process and not the outcomes. But when you can focus on both, you got yeah. some, you got something special. Because yeah, well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. They got to know what it is. Why, why we're doing what we're doing every day? Yeah, yeah. You know, because rhyme and reason. Mean, I mean, real talk, man. Some of the stuff we put these kids through is like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing? <laughs> they got to know. Like, there's only going to be one champ. Yeah, There's only yeah, one. Yeah. So we got to be different. Like yeah. we got to do things that other people won't. We got to, you know, you got to, you got to work harder. You, you know, uh, as, as talented as we are, all it takes is one, yeah. one mess up, you know? So we got to just be prepared for everything. And, and then, and then, you know, we talk real, like, look, man, we lost an opportunity last year yeah. that we couldn't control. And, and, we're still going through it right now. You know, we have to be prepared for everything. Yeah. So we're even, we're even getting our JV kids ready. Yeah. Um. And and and, and to the point where we got to practice separately, like mm. because if it if, if somebody gets COVID on the varsity and we got to shut down, we're not forfeiting. Yeah. We're gonna play you with our JV, and hopefully our JV is good enough to beat you tonight. Nice. And it might be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and, and, and no matter what, we still gotta win. Yeah, we still gotta win. 
And and we got our JV kids believing in that and, and just knowing, like, Coach, we're ready. Whenever you need us, we're ready. So, wow. um, yeah, man, it, it's, we, we thrive off of it, man. I'm telling you, we uh, it's a lot of pressure, but, you know, it, it, it helps us get up in the morning. It helps us get to work every day. And, you know, it drives us uh, to, to, to work harder than everybody else. Yeah, you yeah you yeah no you're more focused when you have that pressure. There's some right. there's some bad stresses in life, but that's a stress right there that that gives you a laser focus, if you will. And I like what you talked about, your superintendent, Doctor Mark Smith. You talk about right. that pressure and that understanding, like you know what this is, right? Okay, all right. So let's move forward and and understand that you have his support uh, for somebody who's who himself is doing the, the, the most too. Like you got to yeah. like if you, if at the top, your superintendent's giving everything, your boss, the president of the university, whoever it is, you know, your AD, whoever's, whoever's giving you this charge and this challenge is doing the best they can is being recognized as well. Right. And yeah, you better, you better learn that We're, there's standards and you got to meet those standards. And then you got to set a standard for your players Make sure that, and that sounds like exactly what you're doing, Coach. Because when you have your JV believing that they can, they can possibly take on a varsity schedule and make the playoffs, and I mean, you've got something special. I remember doing that a couple of years back where I was at, and we had our JV guys play a full varsity schedule. Uh, we were able to do it. I don't know how right. we did it. Uh, there were smaller varsity teams, schools, but they they won some games. They even won a tournament, and they were so excited. But because they were being pushed every day. They're being pushed to be as good as our national team. They're being pushed by the same coaches and, and, and just that level of expectation. It was a beautiful thing. So I I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I appreciate it because that's uh, everybody matters in the program. There's nobody that's being overlooked, and there's nobody that's not going to get that same juice that you're giving even your, 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 your big boys, if you will. So right. that's good stuff, man. Now, I want to ask you about your support system because – Every coach needs to have one because we're not, you know, we're not the Lone Ranger. We can't, you know, uh, put our head on, on our own shoulders sometimes. We do need people to be there for us. So how important is your support system, Coach? Oh, I mean, it's, it's everything, you know. Um, you know, I've got a lady in my life, of course. You know, uh, she, she's been, been by my side for, for the last two years. And, I mean, I... I couldn't be doing what I'm doing without her support, you know, and, uh, you know, come home every day and, you know, we can talk about what's going on and then she's there for me. So that, that helps. And of course, like my kids, you know, they, they're always checking on me and, and, and making sure things are right. Yeah. Um, and then it, 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 another, another great thing is my assistant coaches, man, we're all best friends. Nice. You know, we're all best friends and we're all there for each other. Like, like off the court, you know, like we, we're, we're part of each other's families. Yeah. Um, so, so that helps, you know, that helps. And, you know, where it, nobody has a problem. Like if, and if I need for some, any reason, Hey man, I can't come in today. I can't, I might take a couple of days. I know they got my back. Yeah, yeah, and and we got each other's backs. It's like, man, don't even worry about it. Like, we got you. Like, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll take your load, whatever you got going on, man. You take care of that, and you know, it, that that just, uh, you know, that for for the job that we have here, man, you gotta have it. You yeah. gotta have it. You know, because because like we just talked about, you know, the pressure and and what goes into this job, and you gotta have a strong force. Yeah. That's fantastic. It is very true. Uh, the times that I've really seen success come through my programs, whether we won it all or not, whether we sent five or six kids in one year to go play at the next level, it was always about that experience with the support system, the coaches, right. the players, some of the parents, my wife, the, the home situation, you know what I mean? Every yeah. bit of that support system matters because you know like I do, Coach, this game ain't perfect. And it's not perfect for coaches either. You know, we talk about the ball not going through the hoop some nights and and ball not bouncing our ways. Sometimes even in a big win, we're still not satisfied because of our perfectionism, if you will. There's things that we see and we say, "Mm, yeah, we got got away with one. But if we don't fix it, it's going to bite us later in the end. 
And so right. our support system's there to give us some perspective too and say, hey, you know what? You won and you won a big game and it was a challenge and they, they forced you to do those things wrong. And, and you, you can fix it, but just remember it wasn't them. They didn't mess up. It was a forced, it was a forced error. If it's an unforced error, you can't put up with that, obviously. But right. when, when you play another team and they're just, they're on their A game and they cause you to make some mistakes. Hey, so be it. That's, that's competition, man. And so, yeah, yeah. that support system is strong. Now I want to ask you about yourself coach, because you can go through a whole career and, and, and look back and say, what was that all about? But I want to ask you, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Oh, um, uh, I'm very passionate about what I'm passionate about. Man. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I care about what I really care about. And and then and then there's some things in life that I'm just I'm okay. You know? Yeah. I'm okay. I don't I don't get too worked up about uh about, about a whole lot. Um, but I'm passionate about kids and I'm passionate about this game. Um I I've I've learned that, that I'm not a good assistant coach. <laughs> um yeah. you know, I'm not, you know. I I, I it's crazy. Uh Coach Boggis and I, we laughed about it uh, a couple months ago. I, I said, Coach, I was your assistant for four years. Why did you never tell me how bad I was? <laughs> and, and and he just he just laughed, you know, and he didn't disagree. You know, said he did not disagree. <laughs> I said, Coach, I had no idea until I became the head coach, and I started having assistants that were unbelievable. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. you know, I had Andrew Moore, um, mm-hmm. who's the head coach at, at Elmo Hope. Yeah. He was my assistant at Hightower. And, uh, man, he was good. He was really good. And yeah. then since, I mean, I've had some really good assistants. And all of my assistants have, been, have gone on to be really good head coaches. Wow. Um, but but I just learned, like, wait, they're, they're good head I mean, they're good assistants. I'm not. I'm not. And then when I went to go be Danny Cash's assistant, I just realized, man, I like calling the shots. I like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm 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 just not a very good assistant coach. I don't know about myself. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people ask me, man, what about college, going back to college? And I, I'm like, I've had opportunities, and I'm not, I don't, I, 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 one, I have a, unbelievable job right now and I, yeah I could take a job and, and make more money but but quality of life man quality yeah, of life yeah, yeah. Is, is so important to me right now that uh that I'm good I'm yeah, good man yeah. and I know my strengths I know my weaknesses so I guess man that, that would be something I've learned about about myself man fantastic you said that's big right there coach quality of life that's yeah. so huge because that's uh I don't know. Sometimes that's that's overlooked because you somebody would say, "Hey, why don't you go get that college job?" When most people get that job and they're already looking past it, they're looking for the next thing, and then right. and then then they're never satisfied until they're the head coach somewhere or at the at the program that they you know idolized, and then even then they're still going to be looking past that, thinking there's something more, there's something more. When you can find that more within the more within the more where you're at. Uh, and your your quality of life is good, then you probably don't want to mess that up and just take off just yet. Enjoy that for yeah. for a good decade or so. And yeah, uh, and, yeah. and uh, you brought up Coach Brewer, man. He does a great job there at Heights. Really does. Yeah. Good good dude yeah. too. Really good dude. Now, uh, my last question, Coach, is always about legacy, and I know you've got a long ways to go. And uh, and and so I'm not gonna I'm not you know telling you hey the swan song let's hear it. But what I'm saying is uh, kind of looking looking forward, Coach, because you've touched so many lives, you've impacted so many kids' lives, for sure, and their families as well. Because when you impact kids, you impact their families as well. That's just the nature of it. And so right. what would you want to be said of you of you when your career is all said and done? Uh, that I was much more than a basketball coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been I've – been, yeah, I think it's my fifth or sixth high school job, and I've been in different situations. 
Um, and, and each situation is different, man. And, and what I value the most is is seeing these kids. You know, of course, winning is great. You know, winning is great. And I and I and I I tell kids and. Uh, I had an unbelievable conversation yesterday with, with one of my former players, Michael Canada, who is now getting into coaching. He just finished a, a playing career overseas. Mm-hmm. And and now we, we talked for an hour yesterday about coaching. And the things he said, he was like, Coach, I did not understand the things we were doing when we were doing it. I didn't know why we were doing it. I didn't know why you were so crazy. I didn't. He said, but man... <laughs> It all makes sense now, and and that's just the things like you know that that means so much more to me than you know. And I mean, it's hard. I mean, people don't get it. Like, man, yes, winning championships, but because of the things we're doing, like you said, these these kids are going to be better adults. They're going to be better fathers. They're going to be better husbands. They're going to be great employees because of the things that we're instilling in them right now. Um, and that's what that's what it's all about, you know. And 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 telling our kids, like, look, man, once you do this, you will always, for the rest of your life, you will be a champion. Yeah. They can't take yeah. that away from you at all, you know. They can't. And the things that you did to become a champion will always be in you, and and because of it, you're going to be a successful person. I mean, and I just believe in that, and and, and there's proof to it. I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's happening. You know, and and I've been doing this long enough that I have enough uh, evidence. You know, I've got enough. Enough, enough stories to tell, you know, and, and, and these kids that are now men can come back and tell me, like, man, you know, now they, they come back and tell me how soft I am now, <laughs> you know, because I was just super hard on them. And I, you know, it, you know it, it, I'm probably the same person, but you always remember the toughest days, and, and that's what you, you think was it. It was like that every single day. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, that that's. That's what I, I want to be known as and remembered as. It's just somebody that, you know, was much more than just a basketball coach, you know, a father figure to a lot of these kids and, and you know, uncle uncle to, to, to others because, you know, if they've got fathers in their lives and, you know, uh, I don't need to be everybody's father. Yeah. Um, just, just somebody they know they can look up to and they can count on for them. Fantastic, Coach. I thank you so much for your time. I really do. It's been a it's been a real blessing, man, to have you on uh, here again for years, man. I've watched you work, uh, have watched your boys grow up uh, here in San Antonio, and just really admired you all as a family as well. So uh, here again, man, thank you so much for being on. All right, man. Thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it.